I don't like to rank myself. It's kind of like when I was in fifth grade, it was my first year of public school, and they would do student of the month, yeah. and everybody would vote. And even if it was my turn to win, I would not vote for myself. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Strawberry banana. Hey, Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Right on the cowboy. People. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love the plan here. Oh, man. I'm sorry. It's just hitting me right now. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? All right, Ben, we are in the company of greatness today. Joining us on the airwaves is illustrator, designer, serial monster, uh, historian, aficionado. It is our privilege, Ben, to welcome Chris Noble, a.k.a. the Trash Bag Ghost. Ghost, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Hey, Chris. Hey, Ben. I'm doing well, and thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be with you fellows today. I mean, this I th- is a, it's an honor, yeah, this right, is, Ben? Like, this, this is, is a like huge, this is a huge, huge moment huge for the moment for the show. Ghost, this is something we've discussed, like Ben and I have discussed at length this episode, and I, I have to say, like, I can't believe it's here. I'm a little overwhelmed. Yeah, we, 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 we've, we've literally been dreaming of this moment I'm intimidated, for honestly, months now. to be in the company of greatness, virtually <laughs> in the company of greatness. Like, I, you know, just just bear with me, Ghost, if if I seem a little flummoxed here, because uh, it's it's truly, truly an honor to, uh, to, to, to have you on the show and to talk a little bit about your work. Well, the, the pleasure's all mine, so no need for <laughs> flummox, flummoxing or otherwise, um, you know. It's good to be with you, boys. You hog. Yeah. Crap, that's a reference we can get into later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, this is amazing. This is a, uh, a a podcast guest appearance, you know, basically a lifetime in the making, um, as as we'll get into. But, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of... A lot of history. Um, I think right at the top, we should make everyone aware. We are speaking to, um, first and foremost, the designer. Yeah of the the designer the creator of the swish fm logo the best podcast logo in existence um uh you know now forever uh i it is um yeah i i mean i don't need to even try to describe uh the the piece of art um that has that has brought this um the, the this kind of episode together here uh our logo gaze upon it as you listen if you if you so desire um but uh yeah so we wanted to uh to talk to uh, our uh, our logo designer our yeah like our creator yeah. our maker uh, um yeah ben so where do we begin here where do we begin in the story of swish fm and trash bag ghost is it should we start in talking about the 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 logo for the podcast or do we want to quickly talk about uh the Jurassic Massacre experience the 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 brilliance of the Jurassic Massacre what what uh h- how do you d- think we should go about this well really chris i think we can uh actually start uh back in the year 1990 wow. uh i believe 9091 somewhere around there which was actually the year that trash bag ghost and i met uh, in second grade. Um, I mean, I know this is getting a little personal, 
Uh, feel f- right. free to fast forward if you, yeah. uh, you know, if, if you're not concerned with just all this personal backstory. I've my Kleenex but, uh, here. Just... Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it is, it is a pretty uh, incredible <clears throat> kind of journey, I, uh, I feel like. Yeah, second grade, uh, Mrs. Fagan's class, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds right. Uh, in, in, in Wilton uh, Public Schools. I want to say it was, what the hell was the name of that school? Like, uh, Miller. Miller. Yeah, or, yeah, it was Miller. You were Driscoll. No, I was Miller, and then I was Cider Mill. And I think, oh. yeah, Driscoll was the other one. Miller, Driscoll were like combined, kind of. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe in like third grade it split up or something, but we were definitely in the uh, in the same class in Mrs. Fagan's second grade class in Miller. I think Cider Mill was like fourth grade it started. Um, anyway, yeah, we um, yeah Chris and I you know found ourselves in the same classroom, um, and I just remember we became best friends like immediately because we shared like three main passions. Uh, the first of which was WWF wrestling. The second, I would say, was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, probably. And then the third was drawing. Uh, specifically drawing like monsters, like weird, like fucked up, uh, like zombies, and just like the most uh, kind of depraved, grotesque imagery. Corrupted versions of just about anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and I remember vividly as a, what, eight-year-old at that point, like, thinking, like, I, I was into drawing. I was, like, pretty good at drawing, like, doodling and drawing cartoons and stuff. And, like, you know, I'd, like, draw a monster. Like, you make some eyes, and then you, like, make a head around it, and then you, like, add some arms and, like, you know, put some scars and some blood and, like, weird stuff on them, whatever. Uh, I, like, that was, like, my technique. Chris Noble, at the age of eight, had... I, I like remember so clearly like watching him draw and just being like amazed and yeah. being like actually like a company of greatness yeah blo- like blown away at like at at like that young an age like he would he would do stuff like with his like with his marker or his crayon or whatever where I was like wait what are you doing like that doesn't make any sense like that line shouldn't go there and then I would like wait a few minutes and he would like make a couple extra lines and I'd be like oh yeah. holy shit like how did you know how to do that um and say, uh, it, mozart's classmates had a similar yeah. reaction in elementary school as well yeah exactly it was just like it, it it like it really um like boggled my mind um uh like no exaggeration um and uh yeah so we would just like spend hours and hours just like drawing like weird fucked up cartoons together um and i would always get like frustrated because i like could never draw as well as chris but he was like still just fun to draw with um and uh yeah, and then we were we were like just like best buds for like a few years, and then we like went to different schools um, like a few years later, and we kind of drifted apart. Um, and then we like lost contact fully for what like twenty years or something like that. It's been a solid couple decades, or the yeah. part of two decades. It'd yeah, great. And then randomly, like one day in like I don't know twenty fifteen, it was either twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. Yeah. We just like reconnected on Facebook. I, I forget if like you've reached out to me or I reached out to you, but somehow I was like, "Hey, whoa, is this Chris Noble from Wilton, Connecticut?" And then we just like kind of and you know re- rekindled things, and and then here we are today. So yeah, and I agree with you, Ben. Uh, the uh, the the Swish FM logo that we all enjoy today and the Jurassic Massacre. 
they're inextricable from that uh, the history you just laid out because it really uh, set the stage, um, especially, you know, the, the basketball thing. I mean, I, I kind of always, I'll always associate my, you know, passing, what I would call my passing interest in the game today, but it's a, it's a deep interest when it comes to the graphic design and the art of the league. Um, but either way, however it started, it, I, I'll always associate the, uh, the beginnings of that with you. Right, because we had like the wrestling passion first, um, and then that kind of like gradually morphed into watching. Like, at, like we like got a little bit older, and like WWF became like a little less cool <laughs> to like be into. Uh, like Hulk Hogan like left, uh, you know, he like retired or whatever. So we were just kind of like, all right, what, why are we watching we this anymore? Adrift. We were adrift, and then and then like right around the same time, I think we just started watching more NBA, like Shaquille O'Neal's like rookie year, like '93. Um, I remember that's kind of like when I first like got into it and then we would just like kind of our, our, our like wrestling or WWF, like uh water cooler talk would be replaced with like NBA water cooler talk at school. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just kind of evolved from there. It's but, wild yeah, the that drawing, like, the... all of our brains were sort of in the same like ecosystem and world at this young impressionable age in our life. Like, because all those inspirations and things you're talking about were all my interest as 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 kid as a kid as well, like WWF, NBA, uh, you know, action figures, GI Joes, explosions, you know, those those kind oh, of movies, yeah. monsters, dinosaurs, Jurassic Park. They're all sort of like occupy the same sort of space in my brain as a, uh, they certainly did as a kid now as a human as as a human adult i can talk about <laughs> them sort of like more sort of uh like separate them and and sort of analyze them and whatever but as a kid it was just like one sort of like world of like explosions and destruction like you talk yeah. about shaquille o'neal like breaking a backboard i think about that in the same way that i think about like the jurassic park dinosaur like stomping right. through the the woods or i think about like you know the the hulk hogan jumping off the high ropes the you know the turnbuckle at summer yeah, it was just like you know? anything like extremely strong and violent yes. we were like oh that's awesome i yes. want to watch more of that yes. yeah yeah like yeah. anything that could like crush and destroy like other things like surprise, yeah it was just surprise. pure like 11 like year old 10 year old really yeah 10 year old boy head yeah yeah just completely cliche and, yeah i mean that's such that's such a, a good point i mean a part of what my style has become is never letting go of that pure love for things that crush and destroy yeah, and yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> what is it about that like what is it i'm actually curious like what is it about those kind of things that's so interesting to us now and as kids like is it just seeing like the the sheer enormity of like a monstrous object that we have to like dream up you know is that like what's inspiring about it i can't totally put my finger on it i don't know i don't know yeah i think like aesthetically it's just interesting to see things like moving like movement and like energy is just like it's like something out of the ordinary so like the more like kind of violent and like and 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 bigger scale and just kind of like insane and over the top like the the kind of visual thing is it's just gonna like grab your attention and be like whoa whoa look at that like And, you know, you can, like, kind of, even if it's on, like, a smaller scale, if it's just anything that's just, like, really, like, quick or fast or, or like, kind of electric feeling, it just, like, kind of grabs you, you know? I don't know. That's that's a great point, Ben. I've always thought in the terms of 
just the extremes and i always like to gravitate to just the the fastest the craziest the biggest and that's always the most fun to think about yeah. and therefore the most fun to draw like when, yeah. I, when i'm drawing something i like to kind of think of you know sometimes when you're watching like a crazy sports video or really anything imagine a boxer um you know when they're punching and they're punching their opponent like there's those weird moments that you don't see when you're watching it in real time but if you were to freeze frame it um you just see these absolute crazy levels of force crazy levels of emotion crazy levels of pain things that you don't see with the naked eye when you're watching it in real real time but one of the cool things that like kind of a cue a mental cue i like to think about when i'm drawing something is try to capture those moments that exist but we don't always necessarily see of like the height the absolute height of passion the height of strength the height of pain yeah i think too like so i'm i'm looking at the uh, jurassic massacre piece now and like I, I i think that totally resonates with me and there's something about you were saying like scale that like really like ex excites and like inspires the imagination you know like because like when i look at the jurassic massacre thing like it so reminds me of like godzilla and when i think about the movie godzilla what, what's so like impossible and amazing about Godzilla is this giant monster who we could only dream up and like who could only actually exist in a movie doing unimaginable things in a total fantasy land and it's like it's really titillating and um yeah man it's uh like your art is totally inspiring in that way because I feel like you are able to show us and convey to us things that we can only really like dream up but, uh, or, you know, or sort of like see when we slow down reality in this very like frame by frame way. Yeah. Um, that, that's what I go for. And yeah, the, the context or the, uh, the comparison, the scale that you've heard of Chris, I mean, that's so important too, when you're trying to get a message across because the, let's say the, the monster out of context is really kind of uninspiring. He's there in a void. He's there in a vacuum that does nothing for you. So you have to put a, a building next to it. If you put that building as the size of a postage stamp, now you're talking. Yeah. Now you've got some action. Now it really, whoa. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did the Jurassic, I was uh, I was going to ask just about the Jurassic Massacre. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, how did this yeah. come into existence? How did this happen? Yeah, let's talk about that. That's a great little story so um basically it just boiled down to I, I created this actually i started sketching it out i should say I, I did it kind of prudently i started sketching it out uh when i noticed that the uh the raptors and the golden states were uh both in the playoffs last year and i'm like just it's just the way my brain works i'm like oh yeah godzilla uh infrastructure versus uh, a reptile. I can make that reptile Godzilla, not a big leap. And so I literally sketched it out. I don't want to say it was like right when the playoffs kicked off, like I'm Nostradamus or something, but I, I absolutely was in the second round um, mm. right around then. So I just started sketching it and I kind of paced myself as things, you know, were starting to take form in the playoffs. And I was, you know, kind of casually peripherally watching it yeah I'm not gonna lie i'm not like the hardcore fan of right. either team but i was like okay this is looking the trajectory is looking right it's directionally correct i'm gonna keep developing this as uh as the games go on 
And then at a certain point, and it still wasn't, it, they, it wasn't the matchup created yet, but I just like, I got to put the pedal to the metal, finish this design and get it, get it all queued up, get the chamber loaded, ready to pull the trigger. And I set myself up for success by just having this thing ready to go, having teased it a little bit before the, uh, the game and before the victory of the Raptors themselves. And so that when the time came, I had already been working on this for weeks and then I just uh, I just dropped it on people, put it on Reddit, and it just got this weird traction that I hadn't experienced with any certainly any other sports design I've done, and it uh, it just kind of took off overnight. It became kind of a micro viral thing. Uh, people were really hyped about it. I sold more T-shirts. I sent more T-shirts. I shipped these all myself. I didn't do it, uh, you know, uh, through a drop shipper or anything. I had these screen printed because I got sufficient volume of people putting their orders in. I was going to do it through one of those sites at first. And then I'm like, well, I should just take this into my own hand. And then uh, the next uh, month of my life was sending uh, bagging and sending things to Toronto. Oh my Jesus, God. really? So you like really learned a lot about like actual manufacturing and shipping and all that shit, like as well as the design. Oh, dude, yeah, and I had a little um, experience with that by virtue of companies that worked for before I worked right. for a place in Venice Beach that did custom T-shirts. So I had my fair share of um, you know production experience, if you will. Mm-hmm. But this was a great little uh, fun crash course in uh, just handling it all uh, by myself. So it was really fun and really uh, unexpectedly crazy. Yeah. yeah, I think one That's of the awesome, awesome things I, I love so much about the art, the logo itself, like Ben, you could speak to this as well, is, you know, the Golden State Warriors were this like impossible juggernaut of a team. And they were, you know, they were like the presumed, you know, they were just going to like waltz into like another NBA championship. Of course, Kevin Durant, their star player, hurt himself in the process of of the series. So it kind of became more complicated than that. But like the Toronto Raptors were really this underdog team that, you know, was always kind of disappointing in the playoffs. And then they went out and acquired Kawhi Leonard, who was this like, I don't know, force of nature, this like defensive beast. And I, I felt like the the art that you created so captured like the sort of titanic destruction, like 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 the literal like destroying of a man-made structure, this beautiful golden bridge was all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. like destroyed it was so, like, and, like, and perfect because a fi- like a fire breathing dragon would or dinosaur was like eating the bridge alive and like, you know, <laughs> it's just amazing. I don't know. You know, it's it's funny, Chris, to your earlier point that um, the conventional wisdom going into that uh, playoffs last season, you know, you have the Golden State Warriors, obviously a dominant team, and the uh, the Raptors, a bit of an underdog. But I, looking back on it, I was so, like, there was such a purity to what I was doing because I don't, I don't watch. I don't yeah. pay that much attention. <laughs> it was pure. It, it purely. It was such a pure thing. It came from just like a, almost a childish point of view, yeah. which is actually a benefit to what I do with my art. It's like, oh, me like a uh, dinosaur crush mm-hmm. the other thing that looks totally. like a bridge. That's literally that was the thought <laughs> process. So I was unencumbered by the uh, the consensus, by the uh, prevailing you know wisdom of what was going to happen. That did not weigh on me whatsoever. It was just pure 
dinosaur versus bridge it's so funny like brand. how like art can mirror life or, wh- or whatever because like like you said sometimes like ignorance is bliss like you weren't even aware of the connotations of the two teams and their symbolic history and like all the playoff disappointments of the raptors and whatever whatever like you were just literally compelled like ooh, dinosaur like monster i love monster he's gonna monster is gonna break the bridge I uh, dude, I'm not ashamed to admit that is my thought process on a lot of things. It's <laughs> amazing. It's, uh, I just roll with it. Yeah, I love oh, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, ben, anything else from you, or should we? Uh, you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the Swish FM logo? Yeah, I mean, we could transition. Uh, just kind of quickly go into the the process. I mean, it's not. I don't know if, how interesting this is going to be, but um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we got to talk a little bit about uh, the incredible. Immaculate conception of the uh, the Swish FM logo, oh um, and yeah, I mean, I guess that one was a little bit more of like your your I would assume like your more like typical client work where like we kind of had this idea in our head, but it was a little vague, and we like gave you a couple suggestions. Um, but I just remember like so yeah we we like I like got on the phone with Chris. I don't know this is like back in the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. Which feels like about six years ago. Um, I mean, it was, there was a series of kind of uh, different things, respectively, in the world and in you know our schedules that kind of delayed it. It had a little trouble getting out the gate. Right, mm, but we yeah. had like no deadlines, so we were just like, "All right, yeah, whatever." Like, if you have time to do this, um, and we didn't even. I mean, I forget like when Chris and I came up with the idea of like having a new logo, and we were just like yeah that'd be cool and like we didn't have a name for a long time and then we like finally figured out a name Man, um and then we were like process do you remember like yeah the whole, like oh yeah <laughs> renaming goes oh, we had a we had a... even privy to, uh, to this like the whole process of coming up with a new name was just like oh my god it was it was a yeah. lot it was a lot <laughs> a lot of a lot of, lot of uh, google doc editing yeah. um but uh but anyway, once we were like set on that, we were like, "All right, we need a we need a cool logo." Um, and yeah, like you know, Trash Bag Ghost was just like the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, "Ah, oh, dude, if we if he had like any availability," and I didn't even know, you know, I knew that you like I was like familiar with your work, but I had no idea if you ever did like you know sort of like client work, like just kind of freelance like one off type things. Uh, so I just like randomly asked you, um, and you were like, "Yeah, dude, I can make something like that work." Um, and then we got on the phone and like chatted about a few different ideas and then you sent us like, I think four initial designs. Um, and I remember being like, all right, yeah, these are cool. Like, these are really cool. Uh, like one of them definitely stood out to us. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the, in the beginning, I remember thinking like, all right, they're like a little basic, but whatever, it's fine. It's just like a stupid podcast logo. It's like not that big a deal like whatever he comes up with we'll roll with obviously we're not we're not gonna be like too like picky or greedy or anything it's just for a dumb podcast logo so then we like gave you a couple notes and you were like okay let me let me take another crack at it and i, I just remember the the leap from yeah. round one to it's round nice. two of the designs it was, was like yeah it was like it was like the like the 2001 space odyssey like monolith or whatever where or uh uh what is that thing called the uh yeah the monolith obelisk yeah whatever where, where it was like you know fifty thousand years of evolution in like one sudden leap um and the second thing that you sent back to us i was just like oh shit yeah, yeah. i it, can't it, believe it he was like, no longer like just podcast art i remember like yeah the f- round one was like 
oh, wow, like we're going to have like actual professional like podcast art. That's cool. Like, yeah, all of these look like a logo for a podcast. That That's awesome. Like it's, it's really going to look like a real podcast now. And I, yeah. I remember like that was my general feeling was like, yeah, you know, we, maybe we can tweak this or that. But like, cool, it looks like we'll look like a real podcast now. And then yeah. round two, your <laughs> what you send over round two, I was like, oh, this is no longer podcast art. This is now like S- Smithsonian level. Like this will go down <laughs> in the annals of history. Like, of course, like we hired Mozart to create like a a art some artwork for our podcast. Like, why would we expect anything short of fucking like Jackson Pollock level work coming back to us? And yeah, and then from round two to three just the detail work. I mean, it was just, uh, we were floored. I mean, like literally couldn't like speechless. Uh, when it's honestly, it's kind of a crime that it exists only as podcast art because like you can zoom into this thing, um, and like magnify it. Like you can basically like full screen it on like a, like a standard laptop. And there's like pixel by pixel, like intricate little like elements that you like wouldn't catch. Um, you know, if you're like looking at it on a phone, like the neon tubing, uh, like detail, uh, like the contour of like the basketball, like behind the 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 cursive lettering. Um, there's like so like so much depth to it that it's like it's just like wildly like better than any than like we ever should have asked for. And like yeah, it's just like way it's like it's like being like in like uh, you know in, incredibly like over overqualified for a job or something where you're just like. Uh, you know, someone with like 50 years of experience is like going to be an intern at like a newspaper or something. Um, wow. Ben, and, Ben, I got yeah. to stop you right there. But while I am enjoying the adulation here, I've <laughs> got to stop and give you guys a little bit of credit because you guys were awesome to work with. And you really were, in a certain sense, kind of my art directors on this. And Ben, I told you this at the time. You really pushed me on this one because I typically, you know, like I said, it kind of goes back to the way my brain is wired and the way I think about art. I work in one of two ways if I'm uh, approaching a project up until the point, let's say. Uh, there's two ways to work generally. It's like you got your vector graphics, which is more of that flat color, cell shading, more distinct shapes, and you just kind of build it uh, out of geometry and colors and all that. Then you have raster art, which is what you see with photo editing and Photoshop, you know, photo edits, things of that nature. And obviously they're combinable. It's just not typically a workflow that I've uh, I've had up until this point. But uh, Ben, you really uh, pushed pushed me to uh, like, oh, what if we did this? And I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a try. I was just doing kind of vector art at first, um, and then you're like, oh, what if what a realistic basketball? And that's where that that's where the spark was lit. That's where the fuse was lit, and it really just kind of uh, took on a life of its own from there. So I really, I really, uh, I told you at the time. I thank you for uh, prompting me to combine those two worlds, combining the two sides. I think that's where the the, the magic started to happen. Um, but you guys were were great uh, at feedback, which is an integral part of the design process. Yeah, I mean that just makes it even all the more incredible that you were basically like, like, like coming up with a technique on the fly as you as you did this. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, needless to say, we are quite pleased with the results yeah and it is by far like the best part of our podcast like it, it like vastly outweighs the any like other aspect of it in terms of quality um i remember showing and, uh, it to other people with podcasts and 
especially basketball podcasts. And they were like, who did this? How did this happen? And I was like, (laughs) he is our ghost. He is not your ghost. Yeah. 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 We're not, we're not giving the way away the secret to any, any other of our our other competitors. And frankly, I think it's a, uh, a pretty big reason why we are in fact, um, remaining still number one at the top of the iTunes podcast charts. I'd have to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, it goes a long way. Uh, uh, some flashy, uh, art, you know, it gets the people clicking. So um, I think it was, it's only appropriate having the trash bag ghost on the show here, Ben, uh, that we do maybe a little bit of a draft, a little bit of a discussion on some of our all time <sighs> favorite NBA logos, artwork, man, for it has been a while since we've drafted, but yeah, it's been a while. You know what our last draft was, of course, Ben, don't you? Um, wait, our last draft Jesus. You don't have to think too hard. Draft. Our last. Oh, uh, Boku, of course. Instant classic, if I might add. Thank you. Yeah. Ghost, I mean, this is a uh, this is a staple of every draft. Uh, I, I always ask Ben, do you know who had the last first overall draft pick in the uh, in our last draft, the Boku draft? I think actually I do. I do remember, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure I had the first yes. pick in Boku, if so I'm not mistaken. You had yeah, the yeah. first Boku selection, so... Uh, now, wait, I should also note, this is our uh, our very first time ever doing a three-way draft. Incredible. Uh, so we are, we're just setting, like, breaking records, uh, making history left and right uh, over here on, on, the, on the podcast today. Um, so I don't even know how, how do we determine the first pick so in a three-way? I've never done that before. If it's okay with you, Ben, I think what we need yeah. to do, being that we are in the company of greatness, we are in the company of a trash bag ghost, uh, I think the first overall pick needs to go to the ghost. I will take that the, seems fair. I'll take the second pick since uh, you had the pick before me in the last draft, and you'll pick third overall. And... Um, I approve of that. So, Ghost, yeah. um, whenever you're ready here, uh, we'll get underway. This is the NBA logo uh, draft with the trash bag. Ghost, Ghost, you are on the clock with the first overall overall selection whenever you're ready. Well, thank you very much, Chris and Ben. And um, I appreciate the, uh, the first pick here, of course. And I'm glad I got it because I didn't want this uh, taken away from me. I'm going to select the 1996 to 2001 of course, Vancouver Grizzlies. Uh, oh my goodness! Number one overall. Number one overall, and if you guys know anything about me, you know why I love this. Just unabashed animal yeah. ferocity. Love that. Right There's down. No, to the, yeah. Right down to the fact that the word Grizzlies is just marred and scarred yep. with the vicious claw marks of the beast himself, yeah. the yeah. Grizzly, which we see with these claws like dinner knives just ripping into the basketball coming right at you there's nothing really more i can say about it it is my favorite yeah he's an absolute grizzly bear um he's got those big teeth uh ghost he's got the nails the claws of course that you talked about um ben and i did a jerseys draft previously and we discussed the vancouver grizzlies jersey with that bright uh, teal color that is just so eye-popping and alarming. And uh, I love, I love the claw marks in the letters. That's so rich. And um, yeah. I think the, the mascot just... is, is, is mauling his own logo. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's incredible. Um, there's so much to it. I, I want to um, talk a little bit about... Um, this logo in comparison to so in 2001 
uh, or I believe it was it was either following the 2001 or 2002 season that the the franchise of course moved to Memphis, um, kept the same name Grizzlies and kept the same logo for a couple years before they ch- they changed it. But they like modified the logo ever so slightly. I found myself uh, really, really fixating on the subtle changes between the Vancouver Grizzly Grizzly and the Memphis Grizzly Grizzly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to offer a uh, a theory here uh, that I that I want uh, Chris Chris's both your both Chris's opinion on. Um, but specifically Chris Noble, because I, th- I think this, yep. uh, this is a, a topic that, uh, that he and I have discussed in the past. But um, my theory is that the Vancouver Grizzly, the original Grizzly, is in fact suffering from rabies. Uh, if, if you look at the, the difference in the eyes between the Vancouver Grizzly and the Memphis Grizzly, there's a, a crazed look. <laughs> Um, in the eyes of the original Vancouver Grizzly, the the whites, um, it is like clearly an animal that has lost control, um, and and also its its fangs are not quite as as like clearly outlined in black as they are in the subsequent Memphis version, which suggests to me now this is a little bit more implied. But my my hypothesis is that that is actual foam coming from the mouth of of the Vancouver grizzly. I mean, there's certainly teeth there too, but they're so like kind of puffy and white no, it's foam. that I believe that it's those are te- those are grizzly fangs coated in a thick thick froth of of, of rabies foam, um, and um, it, it's it's terrifying. Frankly, it's the most terrifying image probably in the history of of sports iconography um yeah i can't argue that it it is an out of control killing machine um it is on a rampage and as we know with with rabies it it can't be stopped it's not operating under the laws of normal nature right um i mean it, it is it is uh it's just absolutely chilling and and terrifying to look at so i mean obviously it's the perfect first choice there's no there's no logo I, I ever would have imagined you picking before it. Ben, thank you. And uh, your observation is uh, <laughs> the same one that I actually made myself. I mean, what they did is a disgrace. That step that they took from Vancouver to Memphis was the first step yeah. on this uh, neutering process, in essence, of this logo. Uh, yeah. They calming him down, just kind of subduing him, preparing him for normal civilized society until... Yeah. This absolute abomination of this blue Disney character that now exists—it is oh, absolutely. Man. Thank you. Just I can't even speak about it. No, no, no. It's a disgrace. We won't. We won't mention it. Uh, but I want to talk actually real quick about uh, this. Is really telling. Um, uh, Zach Lowe wrote an article for Grantland back in 2015, I think, um, where he broke down all the different logos, um, and he has a quote from a logo designer. Um, Rodney Richardson. He's the owner of Rare uh, Design in Mississippi, uh, who has consulted with several NBA teams. Um, and this guy, Rodney Richardson, actually designed the current uh, Memphis Grizzlies uh, logo, which, as you said, is a a, a, a stupid child, you know, child's image. <laughs> very, very stupid child. Um, but so he gave this quote to Zach Lowe about the original design uh, of the Grizzly, quote, that is not the character of this animal, says Richardson, who designed the current mark. 
quote, it's stoic and stalwart. He's not a badger. He doesn't have to run around growling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, get the fuck out of here with that nun. Like, yep. that is that is the lame... It's like, no, yeah. you have this... You have a fucking awesome rabid grizzly bear, and you're like, no, 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 it's not accurate. It's not... That's not how grizzlies actually look. Right, Let's he's change more it, meditative. It. He's like a... He's more oh my of a God. stoic bear. It's like, give me a fucking yeah. break. Why don't, why don't you just, like, make, like, George Plimpton your fucking mascot? Like... <laughs> It's just like, yeah, I want to, like, maybe just a library book instead of a grizzly bear. Like, yeah, let's, let's, no, like, yeah. let's calm it way down here, guys, okay? Like, listen, yeah, we don't yeah, need to get carried away. It's a disgrace what they did to him. You're absolutely right, Ghost. It's, uh, yeah, he, they neutered him. They killed him. Yeah, he was too frightening. In the end, it was too frightening. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's a he crime. Was put, he was put down, like, <laughs> some park, like, <laughs> some park <laughs> ranger, <laughs> you know, he's like. now. He's a stuffed, he's a, just yeah. a, standing on the wall, teddy bear. They, you, you, got, you got your stoicness. Guy. Yeah, exactly. He's very he's very stoic. Yeah, you shot him with a fucking like dart from a from a helicopter because You're a coward. That guy is yeah. an absolute coward. I, I will go on record as saying the the Memphis Grizzlies will never win an NBA championship until they renounce this neutered ass logo <laughs> and go back to the original <laughs> rabies foam grizzly bear who had personality, yeah. who stood for something. And oh, did who, he ever? Who incited, you know, like fear—the fear of God, the fear of a grizzly bear—in his yeah, fellow the fear opponents. of rabies. Yes, the fear yes. of rabies. And mark yes. my words, the Memphis Grizzlies will never win an NBA championship with this boring ass neutered logo. They have to renounce it. They need to go back to the original version of the rabies logo. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Chris. I co-signed that. And just um, Ben, what was the name of that designer? I'm just gonna. Uh, Rodney Richardson. Yeah. Uh, double R. Got it. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Owner of Rare Design. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're on notice, Rodney. Just, yeah. just you. Just know. Yep. Yep. You are. You are now an enemy of the pod. All right. We're gonna move on here to uh, on, onto Team CW. So this is the second overall pick in the draft. It's my first uh, first overall logo selection. With the second overall pick, Ben Ghost, I am absolutely delighted to select something of a deep cut. It is the Detroit Pistons logo from oh. 1941 to 1947. <laughs> I can't believe this is your first pick. <laughs> fucking know it. <laughs> okay, so. Now, did you say f- the 41 or the 48 version? We're going to talk about both, Ben, but I feel okay, sure. most passionate. <laughs> I feel most called to the original 1941 rendition. <laughs> So the Detroit Pistons guys, um, once the Fort Wayne Pistons during the 40s and 50s, effectively had the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz as their logo. (laughs) Um, In in the interest of time, I'm not going to give too much of a backstory here, but basically the Pistons were created by this guy, Fred uh, Zollner. He had a company called the Zollner Corporation in Fort Wayne, Indiana. They manufactured uh, automobile parts. They created pistons. But they were based in Indiana. They were actually pretty successful. And at one point, they were called the Fort Wayne Zollner Pistons. And they won a championship in the MBL. Um, but, of course, the manufacturing, the car manufacturing industry moved to Detroit. Um, and so, so Fred Zollner took his team to Detroit, hence the Detroit Pistons. But... Now, the original logo for this team is um, a sort of humanoid uh, character. Consistent, yeah, it's an android, I would say. Yeah, it's a it's a character consisting 
of uh, automobile parts. <laughs> um, it is a, like I said, it is a, it is a Tin Man. Um, he, he has, uh, two pistons on each arm. He has pistons on his legs. Uh, he has one in the place of a head and, um, he has one for his body and he is a, he is a robot man sort of leaping through the air, completing what looks to be a layup. And, Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk now about some of the, the logo details that I'm really passionate about. So it's, it's (laughs) for starters, this is, uh, the logo is, is in red and white and essentially the logo is a incredibly happy, joyful, uh, tin man playing basketball. Um, I love a number of things about the design, uh, ghost, but let me start with just basically outside the box thinking, right? I love the idea that this is a gleeful robot who plays hoops. Love that. Uh, it's sort of like it, it, it's the kind of imagination and inspiration we don't always get from some of these very literal NBA logos, right? So um, I love the the sort of inspiration and imagination here. Um, next, I love that it's essentially a pencil a pencil sketch. Uh, Ghost, is that yeah. correct? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a line drawing for sure, essentially. Great. I mean, that's what it amounts to. Yeah, we have two... With, like, some that... elements of, like, of like pointillism? Is that what, like, like, like parts of it are, are kind of, are, like, very, you know, very small dots? Yeah, Ben, they have some stippling shading going on there as well. And we can look at... I, yeah, I yeah. love that it's just very simple. Two colors, right? Red and white. And the, the, the design is essentially like something that you would doodle in a notebook and then color in with your crayons or markers once you got back, back home from school. And like, I don't mean to make this sound like something that's anything less than you know, absolutely gorgeous from an artistic perspective. It's honestly <laughs> stunning. I love the attention to detail with the shadowing, the shading. I love the accents in the air beneath the robot's uh, feet as he's jumping, as the little tin man is jumping. Um, That's how you know there's movement. Yeah. Yes, uh, I the love little, that. The little parentheses. I, yeah, we I, all we all know that uh, I, uh, from drawing I cartoons. I love the as a Z, kid. the Z on his chest for the Zollner Corporation. And <laughs> last, you know, here's my last point. I feel like, you know, I, I keep making the same point here that this is a tin man. Um, it's a robot constructed of automobile pistons, but he's having the time of his life, you know, and <laughs> I love, ball. I love his smile. <laughs> I love his smile. I love if you zoom in closely enough that you can see his robot teeth. Um, I love his eyes. <laughs> I love his nose. I love his big red clown nose. And it feels like, well, his nose. So his nose is actually, if I'm not mistaken, oh, the right. piston ha- has like little, like, uh, like, uh, What's the word like like cone like tunnels yes. um, through the middles uh, of them? So I think his his nose is actually a hole. You're right, but because it's colored red, it looks like a big clown, like it a could big be a clown nose, rubber right. clown nose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What I'm getting at is this: um, the character, the joy of the of, of our Tin Man, feels like it honestly could transcend sports. Like this feels like a character. <laughs> this seems like a character that you could receive in a McDonald's Happy Meal or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And I. I love that it made its way onto a professional sports team's jersey and that it became a logo. It's for me, it's transcendent. Um, I, 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 I just, I love the joy. I love the creativity. Obviously in 1948 from 48 to 57, you see a, a sort of 
a, a change, a, a somewhat, in my opinion, sad evolution. We introduced the color gray, and he seems yeah. to be becoming more and more of a man. Um, in the later years, he, of course, uh, you know, j- just just the reality of the situation, you know, the, the color to me is a sad departure from the original concept, which again is a yeah, pen- the- is a pen- pencil sketch. Um, yeah, the the joy is definitely lost, uh, and I and I feel like his his gleeful giddy smile in the original turns to more of like a scowl. Yes. Uh, in the in the uh, in the evolution, there is also like a cold robotic reality to like he is a tin man who works in a factory producing cars, and I feel like in the first iteration from forty one to forty seven, he is just pure unadulterated like childlike joy, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I I actually wrote in my notes because this guy was uh, for sure on my list. Um, but the uh, the the logo, the second logo, um, really brought to to my mind anyway the lyrics to the uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Gary Newman song Metal, um, but if you would uh, permit me to recite a few lyrics to you real quick, um, this is from the Gary Newman song Metal. Uh, We're in the building where they make us grow, and I'm frightened by the liquid engineers like you. My Mallory heart is sure to fail. I could crawl around the floor just like I'm real, like you. The sound of metal. I want to be you. I could learn to to be a man like you. Plug me in and turn me on. Oh, everything is moving. Um, It's a very poignant, very kind of melancholy song um and uh yeah it's it's really uh it's it's what i think of uh personally when i look at the uh the fort wayne zollner pistons logo from 1948 they were just so young like so young and innocent the zollner pistons um yeah and and i felt i felt like the our happy tin man robot really sort of embodied that this is pre-color this is in the just in the pencil sketch um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Ben. One last thing. Yeah. One last thing. Sorry. One last little design detail I want to point out on the original Happy logo. Uh, correct me if if, uh, if I'm mistaken, but he is making a with with the one hand he's performing sort of a finger roll layup. With the other hand, he's making a a hand gesture. <laughs> it's uh, it's two two fingers extended. Um, which to to me signifies like, like count it two points. Like he's actually showing off. He's, he's, um, yeah. he's I, wondered gesturing. A lot. He's, I wondered a lot about that gesture. Um, yeah, I, to, at least to me, he's saying this is going to be two points and, and mind you, the ball is still in his hand. So he hasn't even, <laughs> you know, per, per completed the shot yet, but he is so confident. So, yeah. uh, just kind of unabashed and joyful that he is saying, this is going to be two points right here. Watch count this. It. Yeah. Count it. As, as, as he's going into the layup motion. Um, uh, yeah. So I well, don't know uh, if anyone else. Said. Yeah. To anyone listening to, to the episode right now, we'll for sure tweet out some of these, uh, some, some of these logos during the course of the week as you're listening to the show. But yeah, I mean, if, if you're listening to this right now, Google it 1941 to 47, the Zollner Pistons from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, thrilled yeah. to get it. Uh, I know, you know, for some, it might be a reach for me. It was an absolute <laughs> no brainer. I might have been there in the next in the next round. I don't know. It was an absolute <laughs> no brainer. Ben, you're on the clock. Third overall pick. This is your first logo selection. Whenever you're ready. All right. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, well, this is incredible. I really didn't expect uh, to be able to get this one at pick number three, uh, but I am so excited uh, for the privilege to select 
with my uh, first pick, third overall, the 1982 to 1993 Denver Nuggets. We're talking rainbow, folks. We're talking, uh, yeah, just one of the most uh, beautiful, just colorful, uh, fabulous logos in sports history. Um, uh, it is the the half circle uh, with uh, three le- three levels, uh, th- three uh, sort of uh, uh, you know sort of I don't know what the what the word for that is like um, uh, uh, like layers. Did mm. I say layers before? Um, we've got the rainbow. Yeah, tears. Yeah, we've got the rainbow in the in the in the furthest background, and then the the white um, Rocky Mountain outline, and then the uh, Detroit uh, or sorry, the Denver skyline made of rainbow like Tetris blocks or Rubik's cube blocks. Um, uh, it is it's just incredible. It's the most 1980s thing I can possibly imagine. It is like uh, just an orgasmic combination of you know, a Rubik's cube, Tetris, rainbow bright and like Care Bears or something. It's just like, it's just like all the, the kind of childhood wonder, uh, of, of like your, your 1980s, like youth. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. The, the font Denver Nuggets, uh, font underneath the logo is very cool and weird and funky. Um, uh, I just, I love it. It's, um, it could be, like yeah it doesn't necessarily have to do with basketball which i like about yeah. it um it's just like sort of an iconic like sort of uh like everlasting image of of the city of denver um and uh yeah it's it's great um it fills me with joy every time i gaze upon it and um yeah very happy to uh to select it yeah um, hardly a secret here for anyone who's listened to the show this this um you know early to mid 80s nuggets logo has a very special place uh in the heart for swish fm um yeah you know just an absolute kaleidoscope of a of a tetris rainbow thing happening here the semicircle, of course. Ben, did you read that um, the words Denver Nuggets written at the bottom were, were stylized uh, like a, like an ornament? And Yeah, I read that in the description. I'm not entirely sure what they mean by that. To, but. to me, I, w- I thought about it like as like almost like a snow globe, as like almost like a Christmas yeah. ornament kind of thing. Um, hmm that like there was this like dome right <laughs> this like magical dome where all this stuff happened and uh i don't know it's just there is this sort of brilliant you know visit to the arcade while dropping acid kind of energy about yeah. this 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 logo that i love it is it's like a it's a magical alternate like dimension that i i just want to live in i want to go to Ben, I always loved getting Denver Nuggets from this era on uh, cards when I would collect the basketball cards. Oh, hell yeah. It was just so different, and uh, it just didn't seem to fit in with the rest of them. And by virtue of that, I really just I liked it. I, they, were, they were fun to look at. And um, I'll always associate this logo with a man who played, I believe, his rookie season in this jersey bearing this logo and that would be Lafonso Ellis. And I don't know if you recall, but we used to get 
endless joy out of just saying that man's name. Same, fellas. Uh, I mean, it's a match made in heaven here. I was obsessed with Dude, oh because my God, I totally remember say, that. How would you say that name? How would you, who, how could that name exist? Would, and then he wore that jersey. Right, it was just I, the, the, they go hand in hand. It's peanut butter and jelly. Yep. Lafonso Ellis and this logo <laughs> are just are they're fun to look at and they're fun to say. Of course, dude. We would just say the name to each other and just crack each other up. Like we were just like at at an hour, we'd be like Lafonso <laughs> Ellis, <laughs> and like literally just make each other laugh just saying that man's wonderful, fabulous name. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, thank you so much for bringing that up. I, f- I forgot about wow. the Lafonso Ellis joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to spoil anyone else's later picks. But do we? Uh, maybe we can save this for like our honorable our honorable mention round. So actually, never mind. Let's just move on. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll save it. But I, I have a little bit more to say about the the Denver Nuggets. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, save it. Save it for the honorable mention. Um, all right, Fair Ghost. Enough. We are up with the fourth overall pick. We are now in round two. Ghost, this is your second. Uh, logo selection whenever you're ready the floor is yours your second overall uh, pick here in round two ghost thank you Chris so with my first pick of the second round I'm going to pick the 1997 to 2008 Minnesota Timberwolves now maybe thinking I'm off my rocker but loves his animals he loves those animals I you know I'm I'm easy to peg down it just it's it, for me <laughs> you guys can probably just plug my two picks into a uh, you know high-tech Elon Musk computer at this point you'll be able to predict with 99% certainty what my third pick is going to be but we'll, <laughs> we'll save that for now um yeah hey I'm easy as long as it's uh, just at the vicious animal coming out of the the forest but there's more to it than that you notice in 2009 to 2017 they kind of they refined him they just cleaned up some of the edges and further beyond that nowadays you have a a very slick looking wolf but it's important that it be this era 9708 for me Mm. Uh, it's kind of uh it, it adds to the scariness the fact that he's so kind of bad poorly drawn in a certain sense if you look at it compared to uh what he evolved into it's just absolutely raw almost bordering on bad but i like it for that reason and Mm. it's kind of equivalent to you know for for kind of i guess let's take someone that's uninitiated from you know a very sheltered lifestyle and they go and see someone with tattoos right and then let's say this person has like the most beautiful, like colorful uh, tattoos and fine line work and uh, just beautiful gradients. Uh, but they're all they're all over their face and their hands and stuff. If someone didn't know better, they might think that's a scary person. No, that person uh, is like an artsy person and they paid a lot of money to get those beautiful designs. Mm. This logo, the 1997 to 2008 Minnesota Timberwolves, is the equivalent of you seeing someone with like a uh, poorly proportioned skull with like a, a court jester helmet on holding up like a, uh, an ace card in one hand, a handgun in the other hand, and some random number underneath it, okay? This is scary. When you see someone with bad tattoos, that is someone to be scared of. When you see someone covered in beautiful tattoos, that's someone that's not a problem. But this is like the <laughs> NBA equivalent of someone covered in horrible 
prison tattoos. And for that reason, the content and the execution this is my number two pick. Love I that. love it. It's scary. This was an intimidation factor going up against this baby. I absolutely love that. I love I love this logo as well. I, I, and, and the jerseys too. This was the uh, the Kevin Garnett era yeah. Timberwolves with Young Steph Garnett, Marbury. Yeah. Stephon Marbury. Man, what a fun, high-flying, audacious bunch, you know? Um, God, that team, that logo. Love it. Love it, Ghost. Yeah, it's a great call. He's also, again, when you when you contrast it with the subsequent 09 to 17 version, again, look at those teeth. They are slightly foamier, <laughs> slightly foamier, right? You got the rabies factor. There's right? a little bit of a, of a residue. You don't see the clear outline of the teeth as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think we all know what that means. You're 100% right, Ben. And uh, <laughs> even if you look at the, the typography, it, it's jagged. It's all over the place. It's uh, evocative Ooh. of the teeth of a predator. And then mm-hmm. they, they, got, they, they neuter. They, they, these, it probably, uh, what's his name, uh, Rodney Richardson was involved <laughs> yeah, in this movie. They, just tamed, they tamed the, the typography itself. It's really, they just, it's I mean, the current... The current 2017 to present version. I mean, that looks like a like a pet. Like that looks like a dog I could have in my house right now. Right. Yeah. Not not exactly uh, the same intimidation factor. Yeah, it's a disgrace. I mean, it's a disgrace what they did. How they neuter these animals. Um, <laughs> Quite literally. Know, from from <laughs> from the late 90s to the early 2000s, and uh, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I mean, they they they, they robbed this creature of its animal instinct not only that they ripped it from its natural environment and put it in this bizarre like future kind of techno like basketball you know it's supposed to be like a north star above them or something that right intersection of the lines on the basketball but that's not where a wolf should be a wolf should be towering over the pine trees and coming at you yeah it's it's hard to imagine like running into this current iteration of of the timber wolf and just uh, being, it's like, oh, are you supposed to be a timber? Like, are you supposed to be a yeah, wolf? Like, am I supposed to be afraid you, of you? <laughs> yeah, you can run into this current iteration at any of your local uh, dog parks in New York. Yeah, it's exactly. That's, problem. you know, that you just. You it's just, like not even, it's not even, it's not even howling. It's like mewling. It's like, it's like, ooh, it's like cooing at the yeah. moon. It's like not even, its mouth isn't just even singing. like fully open. He's just singing. Yeah, yeah he's singing the song. All right, Uh, we are going to move on here. Uh, Team CW is up here. This is pick number five overall. We are in round two, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, So I am going to select with my second overall selection here in round two, pick number five overall. It is my uh, profound honor and privilege to draft the 1976 Seattle Supersonics. You know... Look, it's it's truthfully very hard for me to talk about this logo without kind of tearing up. Um, <laughs> beyond beyond the team, which I just loved so much, those early '90s Sonics. Um, you know, the players on the court, I love them so much. When I squint and think back onto like third, fourth grade, I remember probably like two like seminal moments. One was my fourth grade teacher telling me that Kurt Cobain was dead and then I remember like the insanity of Sean Kemp catching alley-oops from Gary Payton and like beyond the players I was obsessed with that city and those jerseys and of course the logos 
and the logo. And, um, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about the art here. You know, you have the gorgeous city skyline, the Space Needle silhouetted in emerald green. You got that warm golden yellow sun. Uh, and then, of course, this is all seen through like a picture window uh, shaped like a basketball. And I don't know, where do, like, where do we think this window is? It's somewhere on the outskirts of the city, right? Yeah, or it's like floating in space. I don't know. There's something wow. that is definitely very sci-fi about this. Very like, you know, Emerald City, of course, was also in Wizard of Oz, right? right? Which is like yeah. a make-believe place. Um, and I, yeah, to me, it like is kind of like just sort of existing like in a vacuum. It's like a like a glowing orb. Uh, you know, Chris knows about how, how much we love orbs uh, and, and things that glow. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's mesmerizing. It's totally... Yeah, there's something like very whimsical and romantic about it too. Like it, I, I live in Queens outside of Manhattan and I can walk down to the waterfront uh, in my neighborhood and like see the skyline of the city every night all lit up. And there's something like very romantic about this logo in that way too where it feels like you're on the outskirts of the city, like looking at the big majestic skyline in the distance through the window panes, of course, of course, which are kind of shaped like a basketball with the, the lines of a basketball on the window pane. Um, I love the team. You know, I, I, I love the color scheme. I love the font of Seattle supersonics, the simplicity of it. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say, but, uh, big important logo for me uh it was with the team from 1976 to 1995 i kind of caught the tail end of this logo with kemp and payton yeah it's one of the longest running logos in history that's another you know yeah says something yeah (laughs) yeah obviously it's symmetry through its asymmetry is nice it has kind of that uh, structure that's symmetrical in terms of the framing shape of the basketball and the, the word Seattle Supersonics, and then obviously through the Space Needle, you have the introduction of the asymmetry. But I think it works. Does Asymmetry doesn't always work, but in this case, it, it works beautifully. Thank you, Ghost. Ben, whenever you're ready, uh, the floor is yours. This is round two. This will be pick number six overall. Round two, whenever you're ready, Ben. All right, all right. Uh, let's see. Ooh. All right, well, I'm going to go with one a little bit off the radar. It's, it might be available in the next round, but you know, I never like to risk these these types of things. So I am going to be selecting with my second pick of the second round the logo, the original logo, that is, of the, not Los Angeles Clippers, not Los Angeles Clippers, the San Diego damn it. Clippers, 1979 to 1982. You know it, baby. I love this logo. It is so weird uh, and so abstract and really sh- probably should not be a basketball logo. It is certainly not remembered probably by anyone, uh, even most Clippers fans, as it existed only for about four years. Um, the, uh, the, the Clippers franchise uh, m- you know, moved from, I believe, Buffalo in 1978, um, moved the club to San Diego and, and renamed them the Clippers after, uh, you know, after the Clipper ships that sail in, in uh, San Diego Bay. Um, and, they, and they created this logo that looks like, it, so it's a circle, 
uh, filled in with kind of like a like a, a sort of a muted royal blue, and then three triangles that are like slightly overlapping uh, in white, and then a red circle representing the sun, um, or perhaps a blood red moon, uh, just just kind of um, uh, overlapped uh, or kind of behind the sails, the, the the three triangles that represent the sails. Um, yeah, it's just, a, it's like, it's a logo that, that looks like it could be like the logo of like a 1980s Japanese camera company, um, or like maybe one of those like kind of like abstract designs for like the 1980 or 84 Olympics, like something like that, you know, something you would see like, like a, like a, like a poster print, like framed on like the wall of like, like an old ski cabin or something like that, that like has been hanging there forever. Um, it's just so like kind of like nostalgic and, and evocative of like, uh, uh, I mean, obviously as with all my picks, it's, it's the 1980s that, that, that always like touch, uh, you know, my, my, my nostalgia bone and, and just kind of like make me feel something. And this, this logo makes me feel something. It's, (laughs) it's not like the, it's not the, it's not the warm, like joyous, like ebullience of the Denver Nuggets logo. It's something like more almost like wistful and almost kind of like sad and melancholy. Um, it's like kind of the setting sun and the colors like aren't really that bright. It's not like neon. Um, so it like it, it kind of feels like like it's it's like not really trying too hard to like to like like be like in your face. It's just very like soft and like it just feels like an ocean breeze just kind of like like drifting over you and um i don't know i love it and then yeah it has the word san diego uh with the clippers uh font uh or you know a sort of slanted font underneath it um but it's really all about that that circle and again i just love that it's it's just such an abstract it 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 could be for anything it doesn't it it could be for yeah like some i don't know uh other or, or it might not be a logo for anything. It'll, it might just be like a weird piece of art. It feels you know? like a piece of art. Um, you can see it, MoMA. You know, it feels like, yeah, yeah just like shapes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ben, um, I think you nailed it when you made the reference to, you might see this in a uh, ski lodge circa 1985, where it's not advertising anything in particular. It merely just uh encourages the viewer to ski with an exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it totally. Yeah. It's just like one of those things where it could it could be for anything, but it's just like it's like, well, we have to like have a logo. So like we'll just this put these shapes together and it could be anything. It could be like sailboat sails or it could be like arrows like pointing a certain direction. It could be just a abstract triangular shape like yeah, it's very uh, abstract side and open. Side of a mountain. Yeah, could be mountains, right? Could be waves. Could be, could be claws. Could be teeth. Uh, yeah, it's very, but it's it's definitely like soft. There's nothing you know aggressive about it, um, which is which is what I like. It's in no way is it intimidating. It's basically the polar opposite of all of uh, yeah <laughs> of, of trash bag ghosts picks. <laughs> um, it's you know it's something a little bit calmer and more soothing. But like I said, almost kind of a little bit, kind of kind of sad, a little bit um, like a like a like a relic of like a time gone by. Yeah. Well, Ben, there are no crazy animals without logos like this, so it uh, it needs to exist. Yeah, exactly. 
A little contrast is nice. All right, Ghost, you're on the clock. Whenever you're ready, this is going to be the... Which pick is this? This is going to be pick number seven here in round three. This will be your third logo. Whenever you're ready, Ghost, uh, the floor is yours. Well, thank you, Chris. So for pick number seven, my third, I'm going to go with... uh, Might be regarded by some as a bit of a controversial pick, but I'm picking the 2014 to present New Orleans... Helicopter. Oh, wow. So what you have here is essentially kind of uh, some French Quarter type typography for New Orleans arced above a pelican with its full wingspan on display uh, over a basketball and then the word pelicans and then a fleur-de-lis, a little decoration up top. Mm-hmm. Well, what I really love about this is that a pelican, uh, I think by most people's assessment, it's kind of a uh, just a critter. It's a little harmless thing that is in your environment if you're in a place where it lives. And it's not going to be uh, anything more than perhaps a nuisance if you're fishing. But uh, it, it's really a harmless when it comes down to it. But I get the biggest kick out of the fact that they took this creature and they made him into a demon. Just a straight-up <laughs> malevolent presence. Uh, if you can do that with something like a pelican, that is, uh, that's killer to me. I mean, you, I just, the notion of taking a harmless creature and turning yeah. it into this this absolute monster. Uh, <laughs> it does feel like Hell's Angels. It checks all my boxes. Yeah, it's like Hell's Angels, Metallica, whatever it is. There's something like really fucking gnarly and like hell raising about this pelican. Yeah, there's there's absolutely yeah. I mean, this is something that could you could easily stumble across on the Instagram page of Trashbag Ghost. Like absolutely. The, um, I mean, yeah, that the bill and the eyes. I mean, yeah, to, let's talk through it, uh, Ghost. Like, to tell us that that malevolent presence that you mentioned. What? Wh- how is that evoked? It's it's pretty easy for me. It's those downturned brows yeah. making those that classic aggressive slant on the eyes. The eyes themselves are pure blood red. Uh, just absolute craze. Yep deep red and then the wings they really are just looming over you like lucifer himself yep when you've entered hell he is just it's like the angel of death it's like the angel of death yes Yes, he's he's looming over you he's (laughs) the pelican of death ready to just envelop you and uh there's really not a lot to be said as there isn't with most of my picks it's straight up and down crazy animal me like and this is my third pick yeah i never really ghost i never really considered how dark this bird was and it really is like a symbol of like anarchy and hell uh the the wings the wings fully splayed open the enormous bill his beak the eyes uh, for me, it is the the feathers. Like there is something very looming and terrifying about those feathers uh, and his wings. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely uh, horrifying. <laughs> I, I the the I I'm like I can't stop staring at this beak. It has me in like a trance. It looks a lot like. Um, do you guys remember in Beetlejuice when they like transform into like quote unquote scary ghosts and they like. Um, they're in like the uh, like the office in like the underworld or whatever, 
um, and they like you know mutate their bodies to be like grotesque and and scary. Um, it to me the beak looks like it's been like stretched like unnaturally. Um, like I assume I don't I don't know I've, like I'm not comparing it to like a like a photorealistic image of a pelican. So it's probably like pretty close. To, I mean I'm sure pelicans have like you know long beaks, but this beak looks like uh, exaggeratedly like aggressively like stretched almost to the point where it's like dripping um like it's like it's it's it it has like a right yeah or like or like a very like gooey viscous like drip of blood coming down um god the more i'm looking dude the more i'm looking at it this is a skull yes with the bottom half chopped off and blood dripping out of it if you actually if you if you separate if like the wings in the yep. New Orleans, and if you just stare deeply yes. into the eyes, you see the white the top half yeah. of a skull pouring gooey, viscous blood. This is a pirate. You know, this is something that <laughs> pirates shit. would put on their ship. This was something <laughs> oh that motorcycle God. gangs, you know, would have tattooed on them on, on themselves. Uh, it's terrifying, ben, man. Yeah, and Ben, you hit on a great point with the uh, just kind of the grotesque body distortion. I mean, you hit on something there that implicit with pelicans in and of themselves is just kind of this unnatural body horror. I don't know if you're, <laughs> I can think of a, a visual more horrifying than a pelican that has just taken a big gulp of water to catch his fish and seeing that gigantic, bulbous, distended lower beak. Yep. It is uncomfortable and unsettling to look at. And I think that was kind of implicit in the choice of a pelican in the first place with this logo. For the intimidation factor that i guess that always is what it boils down to for me with these logos is like they made the right decision they have to scare them and uh this is this is the one that bucks the trend of the modern logos instead of turning it into a nice safe teddy bear they really they did the modern styling but they kept him rabbit yeah wow. yeah you're absolutely right god yeah, and and such a a courageous pick because as we all know, this was the <clears throat> excuse me the evolution of the much beloved and celebrated Charlotte Hornets, the Hugo the Hornet, right? Um, which you know, obviously, we could talk about. It's a, it's an iconic, it's a classic logo. Um, but I I agree with you there, Chris, that this is an evolution instead of uh, toward neutering, uh, instead toward yeah, toward no, violence this and is terror, embracing chaos. This is sort of you know the unapologetically violent, unapologetically cryptic, and um, make no mistake, this is not a neutered animal. This is an animal that is rabid, that's angry, that has a long bill, uh, that has bright red eyes, and my goodness, those feathers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't ever look at this logo the same. Let's move on. I actually can't really look at this anymore. <laughs> it's actually the best. pretty upsetting. Um, uh, okay, so let's move on here to uh, pick number eight overall. This is uh, Team CW. Pick number eight overall. We're here in round three. All right, with my third overall selection... Uh, I'm going to select the San Diego Rockets of 1967. Yeah, I mean, for starters, it was surprising to me that uh, the Rockets were not originally, that, like, San Diego had another basketball franchise, and it was what we now know to be the Houston Rockets. But, yeah, so they were created in 1967. Um, there was a team naming contest. They came up with the name Rockets to pay respect to the uh, city of San Diego's, of course, uh, military complex. 
um, I guess at the time there was a there was like a local company corporation working on a missile, and uh, there was a rocket booster program happening. So the logo kind of prominently features this gray blue sort of Soviet looking. Uh, rocket shooting across an otherwise, you know, very sunny team uh, logo here. Um, what excites me about this one is is color, uh, color and font. But let's start with the color. I'm wild for the yellow green, um, and then that deep blood red uh, color scheme. I love the 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 dark blue for the rocket flying across the red sun. And then how about? Uh, ben and goes the the acronym NBA on the rocket. Um, that's something I, I noticed there with the earlier logos that very often that they would actually write that they were like in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, they wanted they needed to remind people like well I guess, yes we're an NBA franchise. I guess there were other leagues, you know, so they had to kind of let other you know they True. had to let people know we're with the NBA, which I thought was mm-hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not an ABA team. Yeah. yeah um, yeah, and then the fonts. Uh, let's talk about the font. There's something uniquely beach surfery about this font to me, particularly the words San Diego, which are in lowercase. It evokes, mm. I don't know what, like a party, a Grateful Dead concert. The letters being oversized and lowercase makes me think of like Bill Walton, right? Bill Walton being mm-hmm, involved with the mm-hmm. design concept, which I yeah, love. Yeah, it's very, very hippie, very like late 60s, like hippie right. culture. Now, like a mix of like beach and hippie. And now let's talk about this red planet. I don't know what this <laughs> is. It makes me think of Mars. Part of me thinks, hopes that this logo is aspirational in some way. Like, hey, mm. you know, we love rockets. That's why we named our team the Rockets. We're hoping to send Bill Walton into space one day and maybe he can reach, you know, Mars or one of the far-reaching planets. Uh, it could just be a red sun, you know, sitting over the Pacific in San Diego. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, a strange, interesting logo. I, I, it just jumped off the page at me for, for me. I think particularly the, the, the color scheme, um, the, the yellow and the green and, and the dark red and the dark blue. Um, anyways, I love it. It's a weird logo, caught my eye, and uh, happy to draft it and give a little love to this logo on the pod. Yeah, this is a great one, Chris. And uh, one thing that stood out to me, is kind of the the subtle shading and almost painterly aspect of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Which is really beautiful. You don't see that these days for good reason. And that is because back when they created this, this guy wasn't concerned with uh, whether it would transfer well to mass merchandise, be embroiderable, and all that jazz. He was just creating it for pure looks and making it look good to what, you know, the, the vibe of the team. And uh, so you have all these... Nice little shading aspects to it that you just don't see these days. And so it's almost a piece of art in and of itself. Yeah, that's really true, man. It does, it does like really feel more like a painting than like, like a logo that you would have printed. Yeah. 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 It really is. Uh, it looks, it looks like, like you mentioned earlier, Chris, Soviet, uh, specifically Soviet art. It, it looks like it could be like on the side of, uh, or like a, you know, giant, like oversized poster and like, you know, Mao Zedong's China or something like mm. that. Um, and it's like, cr- it's, it's actually kind of crazy to me how when you like the, the, the name rockets and how it, um, you know, it started in San Diego and then went to Houston and you're like, Oh, it's weird that they kept the same name and that it like fit <clears throat> both cities. So, so well, because of course in Houston we have the NASA program, right. 
And you think of rockets like, oh, yeah, duh, rockets like that go into space and that like go to, you know, the moon and Mars and all that. But uh, but yeah, in, in as you uh, kind of touched on in your research, um, the San Diego rockets, they weren't about um, uh, like space shuttles. They were about ICBM ballistic missiles. <laughs> um, that, w- that was the original uh, reason why they, they named the franchise Rockets uh, because of the local General Dynamics company that made... Uh, war missiles, not like oh yeah, like a, a cool like fun astronauts like going up into outer space. Like no, no, no. These were uh, weapons of war. Yeah, yeah. Weapons of of mass destruction. Right. And the fact that they just so clearly like just like plainly like like put this uh, symbol of war. Like this is a symbol of like death and destruction, and not yeah. like a fun cartoonish one. Like this is a pretty accurate looking. <laughs> like it's got yeah, it's a like painting the painting of a little, missile. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a it's just a simple missile. Like, yeah, that's what a missile looks like. Not a spaceship, but just a, a missile. Like, there's no it's an NBA like, windows. Yeah. There's no like cool fun stripes on it. It's just a simple blue with a pointy gray tip, uh, and it looks like it c- could cause some serious damage and destruction and death. Yeah, just the fact that it has like NBA on it, like much like you know in, in war, nations you know put like you know they they sort of uh, tag their their weapons with like yeah this is you know. USA right. or USSR. Like we're bombing um, your town right now, and let it just to let you know who's doing it. Like, yeah, exactly. You by. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of kind of wild. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you you hit on my point, Ben. I mean, with the uh, Soviet reference, um, non-traditional formatting of uh, NBA. You don't typically see those periods in there, and it kind right, of yep, right. reminds you of USSR, as you said. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, very a, a real historic curiosity right there. For sure. All right, Ben, you're up. Yeah. Um, this is round number three, of course, Ben. This is pick number nine overall. It will be your third logo, Team BC. Whenever you're ready, the floor is yours. Okay, okay. Well, this is another one that I, I really didn't think would, would be out there uh, this late, but I am extremely excited and honored and blessed to select the, the 1989 to 2002... San Antonio Spurs, a.k.a. a.k.a. the Fiesta logo, or as I like to call it, the uh, early 90s Tex-Mex fast food yep. uh, sort of uh, restaurant Fantasia, uh, you know, like color color swatch. Uh, it is, yeah, it is the, the teal and pink and orange um, underneath what had been... Um, a logo, the San Antonio Spurs logo, which had been uh, in existence for years. Um, I believe in, let's see, let me just double check here. Yeah, 1976, um, the San Antonio franchise, which uh, you know came over to the NBA from the ABA, um, uh, it, it created this new logo when it joined the NBA in 1976 with the, the San Antonio and then the kind of block letters in black uh, Spurs with the uh, iconic, uh, you, you know, U as a as a as a cowboy beat boot spur. Yeah. Um, so they they had that design kind of nailed down, um, and they were like cool with that for 13 years until 1989, and then I'm not really sure why um, they decided to basically keep the same you know sort of structure in place with the San Antonio and the Spurs with the with the you know spiked spur in the middle. Um, they kind of modified it and and uh, and made it a little bit more cartoonish with the the uh, actual spur uh, design. Um, but then they had this like weird stroke of like artistic whimsy, 
where they were like, this thing is, you know, of course the Spurs uh, colors are, are black and gray, uh, you know, very muted, very drab. And they were like, wait, I have an idea. Um, let's add some color to this. And, and it's like someone like said that in a meeting. And then like the designer was like, color, color. Okay, got it. <laughs> and then what he did to add color was just do three paint stripes of color behind the existing logo and that was it and yet it like it, it it's it doesn't make any sense like why they like would see that and be like yeah okay i think we're good here <laughs> like that like it looks like a like a total like first draft of like well yeah so those would be like the colors that we would maybe want to incorporate into the des- into the design but then they didn't go any further they just stopped right there and the whole logo is just three like like literally it looks like a like a paintbrush stroke yeah like a big thick like something you would like paint your walls with um and it's just a a swath of green of teal you know bluish green uh and then and then this like kind of you know burnt pink and then uh and then an orange at the bottom um and i don't know it's just it it, it like some it doesn't make sense but it somehow like speaks to me on like a very deep level like it transports me to this you know, like sort of hallucinogenic, like bizarro world where I'm like in like a like a McDonald's in like the 1980s, but it's not a McDonald's. It's like a Tex-Mex version, so they yep. have like tacos instead of hamburgers. But there's like large colas and like and like big things of French fries uh, still, even though it's Tex-Mex. Um, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but like a, it evokes like my youth and uh, and like just like disgusting garbage fast food. Um and I don't yeah I don't know again it, it doesn't seem like it should work at all but it does it's ben, just couple, it's beautiful a couple questions do you know do we ever have an iteration of the Spurs jersey that incorporated the nope. color certainly not no their colors were black and gray Chris the, yeah. these colors did not That's... appear anywhere on their jerseys um, what, what is it uh, you just moved into an, a new place when you paint the walls like you have color swatches is that what it is when you like you're trying yeah. to figure out right. It, it kind of has that vibe of like three color swatches. They're like, eh, what about a pink? Nah, what about yeah. more like a teal? What about like a peach orangey one? And then they just like left it on the wall. And they're like, yeah, what if yeah. we just have like three stripes of color? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They like, they like did a, a test run and they were like, okay, do we like these colors together? Like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, all right, I guess that's it then. We're done. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's just, an, it's amazing it's, to me. It's, it's an it amazing, seems like it breaks, it, it, breaks it, it, all the rules. It's an amazing like, introduction of bright vivid color for an organization and a team that has basically like prided it prided itself and like made its identity being boring like literally yeah they've only drafted boring players like their their most recognizable famous player hall of famer tim duncan and and david robinson were like literally just bland boring personalityless people <laughs> and and that that has very much been the ethos of the team so to have this brief period of like vibrant salmon and like teal and peach that's the color salmon yeah yeah it's like how did this happen exactly i don't i don't i don't really understand yeah i should have done more taken more time to research like the the backstory i don't know even who did this or like how it came about but um but to me right. it's it just like a, very, a miracle that it exists very fast foodie very like um oh chris what's the, what's the what's the fast food mexican place in la that's all over the place um oh we got del taco del taco yeah it feels it feels like swinging through del taco and dropping like five dollars on you know three you know <laughs> tortillas or whatever 
Yeah, it really does. And it's got Delta, whether you want to call it Del Taco or Taco Bell, um, which I know, you know, Del Taco's got more of the Southwest vibes, but it it, it hits both for me. And those colors, um, I spent quite a bit of time in the American Southwest. And I guess San Antonio could loosely be considered maybe the gateway to the American Southwest. But these colors really do say Southwest to me. So I think it was a, uh, a cool choice, a ballsy choice, if you will. But uh, I like it personally. It's yeah. really cool. Me too. Yeah. All right, Ghost, you're on the clock here in uh, round four. This will be the 10th overall uh, logo selected. Whenever you're ready, Ghost, the floor is yours. Thank you, Chris. So what I've got here with round four is uh, kind of the progenitor of the whole theme of what I've been picking thus far the granddaddy of all rabbit animals unchanged since 1966 we wouldn't have it without this the big daddy i call yeah. the chicago bulls of course Jesus. gotta do it had to do it uh i think if you've been paying close attention or barely paying attention you should know why <laughs> i got this guy um the downturn brow he looks like he's been through some stuff, if you will. Yeah, he's having a hard nostrils. day. Yeah. Yeah. He's having a hard day. You see the bags under the eyes. Yep. He's ready to go. Yep. The flared nostrils is a uh, kind of often kind of subconsciously absorbed when you look at a, a charging animal. But you don't often think of it as a marker of hostility, but it really is probably even the strongest on this. Those giant flared just rocket engine nostrils going on and then of course something that would never be allowed certainly not by the likes of rodney richardson is the blood tipped horns that we've got going on oh no it's... no no rodney would clean that up uh, first thing first yeah <laughs> so it's simple for me guys the the blood yeah the, just the bro colors the black red and white it's it's aggressive it's metal it's got yep. literal blood in it i don't have much more to say it, it, it's the granddaddy of all rabbit animals. no he's he's aggressive he's, he's having a hard day uh like you said you got blood on the horns bags under the eyes he's having again a difficult day the flared nostrils um and then the pronounced you know frown like he is He's not uh, not thrilled here, this bull, and he's ready for action, and that is totally consistent, uh, Ghost, with everything we know about you in terms of your draft selection, your strategy, your interests. So, wow, makes total sense. Ben, ben anything you want to say here on the uh, Chicago Bulls logo? Yeah, it's, it's really crazy to me that this thing was made in 1966 and has just remained, like, relevant and, and, and still feels, like, as badass and as scary today. <clears throat> as it did when it was first created um i just yeah i keep looking at like the just the 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 weathered nature of of this bull's face we talked about the bags but also the uh the wrinkles on the forehead like this thing looks like it has really seen some shit like it has been through a lot it clearly it's it, it um it makes me think a lot about like the kubrick stare mm-hmm. um you know, from from uh, Stanley Kubrick movies, how like anytime a character makes that face, it's usually due to like some deep, deep psychological trauma. Um, and <laughs> like when I look at this bull, I I think of of um, of uh, you know Sar- uh, Sergeant Pyle is that it in, in Full Metal Jacket? Um, uh, like you know, so, so, like a, a character that has just been like deeply like fucked for life. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a chilling and and badass image. Um, 
And uh, yeah, great pick. I, you know, it's like I, I glossed over this one because I'm like, all right, the Chicago Bulls, you know, very famous logo. You know, it's the only logo in the NBA that, that has never been changed, um, you know, in the franchise's history. Um, yeah, but I, I think I, I definitely, you know, had a, had a, a anti Chicago bias due to my childhood memories and, you know, all the associations I have. So I like, I just couldn't, couldn't go there. But just looking at the logo, like purely in a vacuum, like it's it's an outstanding fucking logo. I got to admit. Oh yeah, thanks, Ben. Yeah. And before yeah. we proceed, guys, I, I do have to point out the uh, little graphic Easter egg going on with this one. Uh, of course, if you rotate this logo 180 degrees, turn it on its head, you find a robot reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. I'm gonna actually. <laughs> Hang on. I'm gonna actually Hang have on. to. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go ahead and let me save drag, image as. Let me drag and drop this shit. And uh, yeah. One rotate. second, open that in preview. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. A subtle nod by designer Dean P. Wessel from 1966 to us doing a podcast on his logo. Oh my god! Oh my god! It is a sad robot with like a loose sweater on. Um, yes, I would say it, yes. Yeah, it has you know like mechanical like robot hands like like white claw like gripper hands, <laughs> um, and I can't tell if the if the upside down if that frown is like uh, a, a drape of his wardrobe or if that is his actual mouth. It's unclear to me. Um, but oh my yeah, God. he is reading a book that he is holding open with his hands. Uh, that is uh, that's unbelievable and the book apparently is propped up on his uh, television antenna (laughs) this is this is totally absurd I mean you've quite literally turned the way we look at logos upside down Chris Um, I mean uh, the the genius of of the Swish FM logo designer is on full display here I mean who I never would have thought wait this is some sort of like fucking this this is this is I, I don't even know. Yeah, what, I'm gonna like, I'm 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 gonna isolate this image and like remove the ears <laughs> and the horns and I'm gonna put it on Twitter and like see if people. This know is what like it Illuminati is because, shit, isn't it? Like, is, yeah, this is, really is. Isn't this like <laughs> I'm so isolated in my art slave cave? Like, for some reason, I thought this was like common knowledge, but uh, mm-hmm. apparently, uh, it's good to get out every now and then. Wait, no, this is deeply troubling. Like, you're telling me all this, all this time, like children who have been fans of the Bulls have been sort of like bowing to like a satanic, like, fucking book reading, like slave emperor alien guy i that is insane dude yeah this is this is like really this is groundbreaking wait ben so uh, do you see a is that a do you feel that's a frown or is that just a part of his uh like cape like uh, that's what i yeah that's what i'm not sure i don't know i don't know if that's part of his wizard robe his wizard robot robe or if that is his, a frown ghost do you it's, see it one I way think, or the other i cl- i pretty clearly see like a an alien lord at like a lectern, like reading from his like Bible, his like script uh, to his congregation. Chris, that's more in line with the the way I've always viewed it. But it, it could be just another one of those kind of uh, what do you see, the gold dress or the blue dress? Yeah, exactly. It's like an optical illusion that you can kind of like let your your eyes like glaze a little bit, and you can see either one. I think exactly, Ben. Yeah, yeah. This oh is very gosh. upsetting. This is this is this incredible. Is very upsetting. 
I'm of the mind that, uh, you know, we have to deal with the truth and uh, it's better to have the full information, even if it's uh, troubling. And yeah, uh, so I've been, I've been robot. I, I, had, I had to bring this out. Yeah. I need to close this image. Uh, yeah. Ghost. I've, I'm full on. I've, I've been rabbit. I've, I've been robot pilled. This is a ghost. Once again, uh, you have scarred me. I need to close this image. <laughs> I cannot look at this anymore. Wow. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move ahead here because I'm afraid of what would happen if we don't. Um, yeah. Wow. So let me. Let's move on. Yeah, let me move on now. This is round four, pick number eleven. Team CW is on the clock with the eleventh overall pick here in the logo draft, guys. It's my distinct honor and pri- privilege to select the 1989. New York Knicks. Mm. But what, I, what I really want to talk about here is actually just like kind of the progression from eight, 1980 to 1992. Kind of the mm-hmm. three um, iterations of this Nick logo that are, you know. Well, you could even go back to 65. Yeah, we could talk about 65 kind of where, as well. We talk about 65. Well, I mean, just that it's, it is a, it's part of the, 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 the same like evolution. Yeah. yeah. I think the ones that like jumped at me the most were. 1980 to 83 and then mm. 90 to 92 but you're right Ben let's begin in 65 you know we've we've discussed this logo Ben like this is the pre triangle on the logo New York Nick uh, New York Knickerbockers right. um, you know like first when we look at that 65 to 79 logo the thing that jumps off the page to me of course is the leather basketball um, mm-hmm <clears throat> I guess I've never really seen that logo on the uniforms very much, or I maybe I wasn't aware of it. But I've, you know, there's something very distinct about the dark shadowing on that on that uh, you know tan brown leather, that real like deep tobacco colored basketball. Yeah, I don't know if it was ever actually on the jerseys or like the court or anything. Sure, right. I don't think uh, production methods would have allowed this to yeah. have been on the jerseys. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Good I'm point. Really, Good point. I'm excited about that 1980 to 83 Knicks logo. And and to be honest with you, I had a tough time deciding which of the three or four of these logos was the most exciting to me. It may, in mm. fact, be the 80 to 83 rendition. Um, so you have the the color of the word Knicks is in a maroonish red, and the letters mm. have a beautiful white outline, which I really like. The basketball is that prominent orange color, and then from is eight, there a is there a word for that? Sorry to interrupt, but uh, that like three D effect is there a word for that uh, ghost? Like the that um, kind of like you know coming uh, that like you know what you see on the underside of those letters um how it's there's, it's there's probably a more specific term but i just call it 3d when i'm right, doing something right. like that. yeah there's perspective involved so we're yeah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so from 84 to 89 we have the brown leather basketball version of the logo and it's a kind of muted one it's a, it's kind of a two-toned uh muted uh basketball yeah. here now the letters are not it's very washed out very washed out very washed out yeah the the letters are now uh orange no longer maroon and there's a very sensible very smart blue outline for the letters and then from 90 to 92 we kind of land here for all intents and purposes this this feels like the traditional old school Nick's logo that we see on throwback Mitchell and Ness, you know, hats and sweatshirts and stuff. Um, this, of course, has the orange basketball, the orange lettering, the uh, the the gray um, 
drop is it a drop shadow or like the three-dimensional effect of the letters there and um yeah i mean what i love about these logos is ghost help me with the terminology here is there's just there's just like a gentleness a softness a roundness to the edges of the letters but really like the nature i don't know ben am i making sense like there there is a kind of an an sd quality like like a standard def quality to this logo right yeah absolutely what you're really i think describing is just kind of there's this kind of subtle charm to it that's uh a result of the fact that this logo evolved from a previous version where they had to not fake but do it do that 3d effect by traditional means that is drawing a point with a pencil on a paper and drawing uh lines emanating from that as they would to the you know radius of a circle to get that effect to fake that effect nowadays it's perfectly done you can uh calculate that exactly how that would be with a computer but this logo it looks like is the last iteration that kind of evolved uh using the prior versions where they must have drawn out on a pencil and paper faking that perspective thank you and the yeah like the the there feels like a stark contrast from where the logo goes from 1992 into 93 95 and you know for me it's like the difference between SD and HD. The move for the logo is you have the triangle, right? And that feels, for me, Ben, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but it feels like a stark, cruel departure from sort of uh, a more childlike sort of innocence of the yeah. 80s, 80s and 90s uh, pre-triangle Knicks logo. Yeah, it's a little bit like they're like, oh, we're like we're we're a good team now. We kind of have to like take this more seriously. It and like, like they went corporate it, it, or something, right? Yeah, like they, they sort went of Hollywood, embraced. Yeah. They went. They like embraced their Manhattan businessman self, mm-hmm, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, now we're gonna have a triangle, and it's gonna be hard three-dimensional letters, and it's gonna feel like it's you know a skyscraper or something. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just love, of course it also could have been mandated by their corporate partner. Nobody beats the whiz, which had a curiously similar logo, uh, triangle based. It's so true, dude. I guess I never really thought of it. I don't know. It's a little conspiracy, conspiracy Ben, uh, had uh, on over here. Yeah. Um, I love this logo. Obviously grew up rooting for the Knicks and, uh, it's been fun on the podcast re-examining Knicks history and sort of, you know, kind of falling in love with earlier iterations of the jersey and the logo so uh that is my last and final selection here in round four ben you're on the clock uh this will be pick number 12 whenever you're ready well i'm gonna round things out uh here guys by coming full circle and i'm gonna return to my first pick the denver nuggets but instead of the uh 82 to 93 iteration i'd like us to look one iteration previous prior to that and that is the 1976 to 1981 oh sure um so yeah this one was one of those yeah yeah. yeah, where i was like hang on what's going on here i need to know more um so the denver nuggets another franchise that came over from the aba um when they uh joined the uh so they started out as the denver rockets in the aba another rockets franchise um, I'm not exactly sure what the connection to uh, Rockets uh, they ha- have in Denver, whether it's space-related or 
you know, inter- international ballistic missile uh, weapon of mass destruction. Um, but uh, regardless, uh, in 74, um, they changed uh, franchises. The Denver Rockets were not a successful ABA franchise. They folded, basically, and, um, and kind of re- rebranded or uh, bought by someone else, I think, and uh, became the Denver Nuggets. Um, and so it was actually 1974 when this, when this logo sort of first started, and then they adjusted it slightly um, in 1976. But, um, but basically what, what we're talking about here is a, um, a mascot by the name of uh, Maxi the Miner, I believe they called him. Um, and he is a crazed uh, wild man with a huge, huge bushy beard and a mustache. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bright red in color. Um, he, his limbs are splayed akimbo. Uh, he has a red, white, and blue ABA style basketball in one hand and a red and blue, uh, pickaxe in the other hand. Um, he has red, white, and blue striped socks and, uh, and sort of Adidas, uh, style sneakers, uh, with red, white, and blue stripes. Uh, some real Hacksaw Jim Duggan vibes here. (laughs) I don't know if you guys picked that up, but big time Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but after doing a little bit of digging, I found out, um, through uh, through some investigative work here, that Maxi the Miner was actually based on an already existing uh, cultural character, and that is the character of Yukon Cornelius. Now you might be thinking, who exactly? That's on par with Lafonso Wallace. <laughs> yes, it is, Chris. Yes, it is. Thank you very much. Uh, you might be asking, okay, who is Yukon Cornelius? So Yukon Cornelius was one of the protagonists oh of God. the 1964 Rankin and Bass television special Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, if anyone doesn't remember, you know, the very, like, kind of uh, cheesy and garish, like, stop-motion, um, uh, like, uh, you know, the, uh, Rudolph that you would see, you know, around Christmas time and you'd you know come up on your television when you were a kid and you would just turn like usually turn the channel as quickly as you could in horror because it was just like so depressing and just like gross to like look at um at at that at that kind of uh you know um uh, product but uh yeah i don't really remember the the uh television special much beyond that but um for my research yukon cornelius uh was this character um that kind of comes across uh rudolph at some point I'm going to drop a couple of links in here for you so you can see who I'm talking about. Um, but reading from the, uh, from the Rankin and Bass uh, fandom wiki page, Yukon uh, Cornelius is a protagonistic character, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's an Arctic prospector who meets Rudolph and Hermie while they are trying to avoid the abominable snowman of the north. Um, now, this I found interesting. Throughout the special, Yukon is shown tossing his pickaxe into the air, sniffing, then licking its end that contacts the snow or ice. Um, Now, if that sounds sort of weird or fucked up or unbelievable to you, I'm going to drop one more link in here uh, for you guys to to look at as uh, as evidence. (laughs) Nothing. The licking noises, uh, the sniffing and licking... Of of his pickaxe um, were were what d- distinguished the Yukon Cornelius character. Um, so I, I guess, and like basically from what I've read, like everyone who's ever seen it is like, what the fuck? Why does he lick and sniff his pickaxe? Um, 
So uh, from uh, this wiki here, it says, uh, throughout the special, Yukon shown tossing his pickaxe into the air, sniffing, then licking its end. This leads the audience to believe that he is searching for either gold or silver, though it turns out he's actually seeking peppermint, as revealed at the end of the original version of the special. Um, which would explain why he sniffs and licks his pickaxe. But then they removed that scene uh, for subsequent subsequent telecasts in which he discovers the peppermint mine uh, near Santa's workshop um, by that method. So that left audiences assuming that he was attempting to find either silver or gold by taste alone. Um, uh, I don't know. Anyway, this is just historical trivia that is probably not interesting to anyone except myself. Um but uh, I found that uh, very curious and just weird that, like, they based a, a, a basketball mascot on this character. Amazing. That already existed. But I guess, obviously, for, like, rights reasons, they had to rename it. So they named it Maxi the Minor. Um, and it's an absurd, insane, cartoonish uh, uh, character that was actually the team's official mascot for, uh, for five, six years there until it uh, changed to the uh, iconic Rainbow Skyline. Incredible, incredible work. It's always been gras. <laughs> Sorry for that little digression, but no, just felt it felt it, uh, it just, necessary to do that. This one was amazing, Ben. He almost made my cut uh, just from his just maniacal nature. Uh, I didn't delve into the whole uh, <laughs> disturbing Yukon Cornelius aspect of the story, <laughs> and uh, that quite possibly would have put it over the top for me. But uh, good choice, my friend. Yeah, yeah excellent, you know. a- excellent job, Ben. Boys, uh, fellow hogs, I think it's time we we wrap it up. We've we've done the draft of uh, I'd NBA say so. icons and logos here. Uh, Ghost, before we go, uh, we can find and purchase your work where at trashbagghost.com. Is that correct? You've got it exactly right, Chris. And trashbagghost.com. Where can people find you on Instagram and social media? Get pl- plug all the stuff that you're working on. T- talk to us about your live draw on Sundays. How can people connect with you? Yeah, thank you. Um, so I'm trashbagghost everywhere. Any platform I might be on, you'll find me under trashbagghost, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, pretty much everything. Uh, you can catch Twitch me doing Twitch. Yeah, absolutely. So what I did with Twitch is I I got trashbagghost.live. A little easier to remember than uh, the Twitch URL. So you, you just go to trashbagghost.live. That sends you to my Twitch, and you'll find me there every Wednesday and Sunday evening, 9 Eastern. And on there, you'll find me. Uh, I kind of have a theme every month. This month happens to be uh, serial mascots. And uh, what you'll find me doing on stream is uh, I take suggestions of which mascot should I draw each stream. And uh, I'll delve into a little bit of the history. Uh, this month has been a uh, serial killer kind of theme because we've been doing the General Mills monster serials. And this has been particularly fun because we've been able to kind of get into the uh, interpersonal relationships, if you will, that have evolved since 1971 between Booberry, Count Chocula, and of course, Frankenberry, and uh, we we came to some very disturbing revelations. And if anyone's interested in uh, catching up on all that, you can watch uh, you know the past five or six streams on my Twitch at Trashbag Ghost Live, and uh, 
yeah for anyone movie. for anyone that enjoys our like maniacal level of of like obsessive research about things that we really should not be spending so much time researching uh this is gonna be this is gonna be right up your alley let me tell you yes uh granular detail on the the most inane of subject is the kind of content you like then you're gonna like uh what we get into it sounds like we're gonna have uh another podcast to discuss with you once uh w- once you complete your examination of serial monsters and uh characters so uh you know you'll you'll be back on the show we hope whenever the time is good for you and uh until then we will find you on what is it trashbagghost.live for the live draw and trashbagghost.com to purchase your merch and we'll follow you on you know instagram and all the social media platforms exactly right chris thank you very much for the plugs my brother all right boys my fellow hogs this was oh boy. absolutely fantastic and uh ben as you like to say ben yes a uh, a pleasure as always yeah this time to both to both chris's thank not you. just one chris but two chris's double the pleasure double the fun yeah Pleasure is all mine, Ben. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Take care, boys. See you, fellas. You've been listening to Switch FM. Switch FM.